for me, that was, that was really life-changing to say, yeah, why, why wouldn't I do this? And sometimes when we take that step and we try it, then we're like, oh my gosh, why didn't I do this two years ago? Power to Live More with Joe Dodds. Welcome to the Power to Live More podcast, all about productivity, organization, well-being, energy, and resilience. I'm Joe Dodds and I started this show to enable interesting people to share their stories about how they use their power to live more and by that I mean to do the stuff that they want to do more than the stuff that they need to or should do. It's about creating a life for yourself where you have the energy, health and space to be happy and fulfilled, spending your time as you'd like, whether that be at work, home or somewhere else entirely. That's your choice. Hello. My name is Ellie Dodds and I'm co-presenter and today Joe's interviewing Susan Stotzel. Susan is passionate about freeing professional women from self-sabotaging goals and helping them build a life of purpose and balance. As a mindset and productivity coach, she helps her clients ditch overwhelm by finding their voice through the process of rebuilding habits and expectations so they can feel successful, both professionally and at home. Back to the studio. Today I'm interviewing Susan Stutzel of S Stutzel Coaching. Welcome Susan, great to have you with me. Hi Joe. thank you, it's so great to be here. Lovely, so start by telling us who you are, what you do and crucially where you do it. Great, uh, yeah, I am a multi-passionate, I am a CPA and a leadership coach. I live in Eastern Iowa with my husband of almost 23 years as of next week, who was um, oddly enough, my high school sweetheart. And we have two kiddos that are 13 and 16. And somehow overnight, I went from being an overwhelmed mom of toddlers trying to kill it in my career to living this life that I absolutely love with two high school students who are very independent and self-sufficient. And it's absolutely beautiful place to be right now. Um, but I say all that to say that I am a, a hat wearer of many different hats. And so that's part of what, what I do with in coaching other women is to really kind of design a life that you absolutely love, because I believe that you can have the career and you can have the life and you can love every minute of it. Yes. Yeah. So my next question is normally and is going to be this time sort of where this has all come from, because what you're telling me is, um, uh, is it sounds like coaching born out of experience, born out of living through something yourself, which has enabled you to help other people. You know, we don't usually start out telling people they can, you know, have the wonderful life that they want and everything else until we've not had it and then worked out how to have it ourselves. So tell me more about how that happened for you. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. It definitely was born out of experience. I uh, have been a CPA for about 20 years and was was working in that career when I had uh, when I had my babies and they're just two years, you know, two and a half years apart. And it was in that moment when they were toddlers and I was, you know, at the top of a CPA firm and I was so exhausted. And I just, I remember the moment that I just walked into my bedroom and I shut the door because I just had to have like some space of my own. 
And I just felt like I was failing at everything. I felt like I wasn't where I should be in my career yet. I felt like I was, you know, not really present when I was at home. And yet watching these two little ones, like I wanted to be that mom that was there, that was like doing, you know, all of the things and having the perfect meals on the table and just in all of it. And it just was this heavy weight of trying to be perfect at everything. And I realized this is not sustainable and this is not joyful. So while I was in this career that I, that I did absolutely love, like I'd set out to be a CPA and I went for it and I was it and I was doing work that I loved and having children, which I love, like I wanted the family too, but it just didn't feel like it fit together. And so that was the time that I actually started working with a coach for the first time and really kind of digging into, you know, what do I really want something, you know, a piece of this isn't fitting and really discovered that the piece that wasn't fitting was the CPA firm that I was at. It wasn't a good culture fit for me. It was it was stressful and it was uncomfortable and they were moving into something that I, a direction that I didn't want to go. Yeah. But yet it was like, okay, now what do I do from here? I've built up to this point. Do I go somewhere else and start over? Or, you know, what do I do? Because I love my children, but I also recognize that I'm not a stay-at-home mom. Mm. I admire those who are, but I know about me, like I love my career and I need that. So through a long process, um, really discovered that if I wanted to do what I really wanted to do, work with who I wanted to work with, set the hours that I wanted to work to be home when I wanted to be home, the answer was actually within me that I really didn't know or discover until I went through that coaching experience that I would start my own practice. Mm. And so that was about eight years ago. I started uh, my own CPA practice, which sounds kind of like, why would you start a business when you're already overwhelmed with all the life and all the things? But it really was a very natural progression for me. My husband was behind me a hundred percent and is, and always has been my biggest cheerleader. So I knew that if he was behind me, like this was possible. Mm. And so that was, was just the first step really that I took to start designing a life that really made sense for me. And so it was through that process and then years of growing that business and then diving into the coaching arena because like I learned how beautiful it was. And I've always been a curious person. I've always been just a listener. Like I want to hear people's stories. I want to encourage them to take that next step or, you know, figure out what their purpose is and dive into that. And so through my CPA practice, I'm having conversations with people that really was digging into like their goals and their dreams and going, okay, well, that doesn't apply to the work that I'm doing, but gosh, that was like the best part of my day. So again, working with a coach to kind of dive into that. And so, like I said, the multi-passionate, I love being a CPA and working with nonprofit organizations. And I love working with women and helping them discover their purpose and their potential and step into that. And that is, was the story that like, if I could come through that and come out the other side and love it, then anyone can do that. And I want to help them get there. 
Lovely. Thank you. And just for any sort of UK um, and maybe some other country listeners, um, CPA um, uh, is our equivalent of a, a chartered accountant, I think, isn't it? Yes, that is correct. Yeah. In the States here, it's certified public accountant. And yes, you on, on your side, it is the chartered accounts. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lovely. So you've got two very different businesses, albeit interconnected then with, with the CPA business and coaching women. How do you sort of do both of those things? Because they're quite, they are quite different, albeit there's elements <laughs> that, that cross over. Yeah, good, great, great question, really. And at first, I mean, there were definitely times that I was like, you know, these are really different. And what, you know, am I focusing well in both? But really, my CPA practice from the beginning was really built on relationships. And, you know, I've, I've never advertised a day in my life. I built my practice on, you know, the reputation that I had, the network of people that I had, and reached out to those people to say, hey, here's what I'm doing now. And that's how that built. And I, I recognize that even within that work that I do, that some of it is compliance related, you know, that it's they have to have the audit done. Um, but a lot of it is also consulting based and strategic planning and thinking long for the nonprofit organization and where they're headed. And so it really is built on relationships. And so it, it while being a CPA and a coach might sound like very different things, really one lended to the other because at the core of it, I really want to build that relationship, want to build that trust with the organization that I'm working with and, you know, be that, that trusted person for them that can offer advice, that can offer, you know, a listening ear and can be curious to help them. And so really the two work very well together because it's a lot of listening. It's a lot of relationship building and through coaching, now I'm not just working with nonprofit leaders, but my, my passion there is because of the mom in me who had the struggle by empowering other women to step in their potential. Yes. That lights me up. So, so yeah. they sound quite different, but I have found that they're more related than, than it appears on the surface. Yeah, and I'm sure I, mean, I was talking to a, a, a sort of management consultant the other day on another podcast and um, talking about um, having a, a, a coaching style. And I'm sure your coaching feeds into the work that you're doing um, very well um, in comparison to your competitors, because, you know, not wishing to be stereotypical, but <laughs> <laughs> don't have a big, um, a big rep for being uh, very, very coachy and uh, and so on in all cases. So I guess that really helps to give you a, a, another angle, a, a real specialism that that can help your clients as well. Absolutely, and there definitely is that that stereotype with the CPA. But I also will tell you that while yes, there are some stereotypical ones out there. So many of the CPAs that I know. Uh, are, are very different on the leadership level than kind of what we've always known in the past. That's great to know. Yes. <laughs> excellent, excellent. So let's talk a bit about prioritizing between what you do in your work and in your home life. You you talked about um, being in a sort of different phase with your your children now and um, and your business has sort of changed as they've grown as well. And, and I'm in a similar position and I and I look back now and wonder how I managed to do the things I did when Ellie was small and needing my time all the time. Um, but somehow it, it happened. <laughs> it doesn't always feel easy now, but it, it does feel 
sort of probably easier from memory but I do you think I think our memories play tricks on us don't they <laughs> <laughs> sometimes yes I, I think every stage and every season really does have its joys and its challenges right when they're little they're learning so much and just watching them grow and you know they need us so much right but yet it's it's a lot of work and it takes a lot of our time but yet, you know, if we're really intentional in how we raise our children when they're young, we train them up to be, you know, these independent, these self-sustaining individuals that like now I look and it's like, oh my gosh, that time that I spent, you know, with them, you know, doing the dishes, doing the laundry together, now it's paying off. And so, like I said, there are the joys and the challenges of every stage. And yes, I think that our memory does play tricks on us. However, I'm a firm believer in just being intentional in every moment. And I recently heard, be present where your feet are. And I really liked that because I think of, you know, that, that trying to balance between the career and the life, the home life. But if we're present where our feet are, then when we're work at work, we focus and we're present there and we give it our all. And then when we get home, we let that go and we're present where our feet are and, you know, surrounding ourselves with, with the ones that we love and really feeding into them and being with them when we're with them. To me, that's creating that balance and that life that we love. Mm -hmm. So really focusing on what is most important and being there in that moment. Yeah, no, I really like that phrase. I think the thing as well, when when they're like young children, like any time you're with them, you have to be with them and you're not always fully, you know, you, sometimes we can be sort of distracted, everything else. But as they get older, they have their own life. And sometimes you're like ships passing the night, you, you can't even get the time together. So it makes those moments when you are together so much more important and so much more precious. I think it's even more important to be in that moment because they're, 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 they're few and far between as they get older, aren't they? Isn't it rather? Yes, for sure. I think, it, yeah, because they grow so fast and I know it's cliche, but because they grow so fast, I think the older they get, the more we realize that it, the time is precious. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I've even chuckled to myself thinking, you know, when they were little and was I checking emails on my phone while I was, you know, supposed to be playing with them. And, and now, you know, maybe we're sitting down together in the living room, but the, now they're on their phone and it's like, <laughs> oh, is this a little bit of like, you know, poetic justice here that now like I'm vying for their attention and saying, put your phone down for a few minutes. Yes, yeah, exactly. So what about how you organize yourself and how you get done what you need to get done? You're, you're clearly, you know, working across two businesses, as, as we've already talked, um, aside from, you know, family life and so on. Um, how, how, do, what do your days look like? And how do you make sure you get done what you need to get done? I focus on what's most important. Like, I, I think it's important to really have a long-term vision to know exactly where we're going. And yeah, because I have two businesses, it takes a lot of prioritizing and determining what needs done for the week, you know, what needs done for the month and working on that. And that means saying no to so many other things. And so when you focus on what's most important and we know that these are our goals, these are the clients that I'm serving this week, and I'm going to show up when they're here, 
then so many other things that vie for our attention, whether it's social media, whether it's volunteer opportunities that sound really great and we'd love to be part of, we really have to be picky about what we say yes to so that we can keep that focus and not be distracted by all of the other things. And by also doing that and saying no to other things, it means figuring out where do I need help? You know, do I need to delegate some, you know, some tasks to my kids because they are capable and responsible to do things? Do I need to automate some things like grocery delivery, you know, some dinner prep, cleaning or laundry service, you know, really focusing on how much time do I have? How will I fill it? And then how can I still get the things done that life requires like groceries and laundry and cleaning, but maybe not have to do it all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so key. And and that thing about saying no, I think some people sort of struggle just with the concept of saying no anyway. Some people don't actually know what they want to be doing, <laughs> so can't make the decision about what to say yes or no to. And what about for people who are sort of, I was listening to a podcast today and the, and the woman said, you know, I'm, I was the one who used to say yes to everything. Anytime anyone asked anything, I'd say yes, because they sort of were helpful. Mm-hmm. How do you how do you prioritize and how do you then say no um, without feeling like you're letting people down? Yeah, no is a hard word. I mean, I can completely relate to the people pleasers. And, you know, I, I think as a mom and, and a woman in business, we sometimes compare who, what we feel like on the inside to what someone else looks like on the outside, right? So, oh my gosh, she looks like she has it all together and everything in her life looks perfect. So I need to do that too. Mm. Well, what we don't know is maybe she outsources, you know, half of her tasks. Yeah. And so really honing in on what do I want out of this life? And, and that's one of the workbooks that I provide on my website is defining success for yourself so that you can determine what is it that I want out of this life? What's the legacy I want to leave for my kids if I have kids? And how do I really make that happen? Because that can help us focus in on those things that are most important. Because yeah, I've worked with so many women that are like, but everything's important. Okay, (laughs) take a breath and let's really dig into that. Because there are very many things that are very important, but not everything is most important. So it's really a lot of self soul searching self discovery to figure out what that is for you and i know for me i love the businesses that i run i'm very happy to do those but at the end of the day i want to make sure that my children are good humans i want to help them live out their life and i want to be there for them mm-hmm. so that means saying no to a lot of other things. Sometimes it's related to business, not taking on that new client that's going to take a lot of time because I don't have capacity right now. And really being intentional in what we say yes to. Because another another quote that I heard at a, a monumental time in my life was every time you say yes to something, you're saying no to something else. Yeah. And that no, sometimes is the hardest thing. We think we can just say yes and say, add one more thing. 
but pretty soon we're saying no to things we don't intend or don't realize. And maybe it's sleep, maybe it's, you know, our husbands, our kids, and those are not the things we want to say no to. So we really have to be intentional with our yes so that we can be intentional with our no. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that quote. And I love the word intentional as well. So thank you for mentioning both of those. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so from a sort of personal productivity, sort of practical point of view, and other words, starting with P, I'm sure there are others. <laughs> <laughs> um, tell us about how you manage your, your task list, how you get those things done. Absolutely. Uh, I am a huge user of Outlook email and calendar. I I totally live by my calendar. And so all of the the tasks that I have to do, the things that I have to do, all of my appointments are in one calendar. That's personal appointments. That's things that I have to take my kids to. That's business appointments to do. All of it goes there because I believe that having it in one place is the most efficient for me. And so having all of that there, when someone asks me something or needs something from me, I can look at that one calendar and know if I have the capacity or the time to do that. And I know some people are like, oh, I don't want to be tied to my calendar like that, or I don't want my calendar telling me what to do. And so it really depends on the individual. But I think for many of us, if we schedule the time, then we do it, right? If, if I'm going to meet with you today then I'm definitely going to be here for that. And so if we can honor ourselves in the same way, when I schedule time to work on a project and I schedule it on my calendar, if I honor myself enough to say, I'm going to show up for me too, in the same way I show up for you, then that really is the best way that we can lay out our day and get the stuff done that's most important because we've scheduled it. The other thing that I use that has been just huge for me is I call it first things first on Monday morning. And what I do is I, I schedule, of course, the first hour of my day on Monday morning and I really just plan. And so I take that time and I, I write down on a notepad, like all of the things that are taking up space in my brain. So whether it's, you know, a client project that's coming up or a phone call that I need to make, or even something as silly as I got to schedule an oil change for my car or a haircut for my kiddo, all of those things, I get them down on paper and I kind of download them out of my brain so that they're not taking up space there anymore. Yeah. Then... I schedule them and I batch tasks together, like, you know, scheduling some appointments. I, you know, I might put half an hour in my calendar to do all those things together and, you know, other things like, you know, a grocery pickup. I'm going to schedule that when I'm already on that side of town and really make the most efficient use of my time by spending that time planning ahead. And I, I've, I've heard people say, oh my gosh, what a waste of time. You schedule time to schedule time. Like that sounds so ridiculous. And okay, when I say it out loud, it kind of does. But it actually is so helpful because then when I get all of that stuff out of my head and into my calendar, then I really can focus on my work and I do my most productive work in the morning. So once that's out of the way, I'm ready to go. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's interesting, I, I never really sort of imagine that people don't do that but you're you know you're right they don't (laughs) when you're so used to doing it and so used to living by your calendar you can't imagine how anyone manages to get through life (laughs) without it I really know how they do (laughs) but it's interesting I I have a friend who 
quite often sort of double schedules and things like that. And, and it used to be because she had more than one diary in different places, which I could never understand how that worked. And clearly, <laughs> it didn't always. <laughs> um, but um, yeah, I mean, we, you know, we, as you know, I tried to reschedule this um, a little bit because um, somebody had booked a two-hour meeting that I thought was a one-hour meeting for just prior to us speaking, and um, and, and obviously I had you know a week's notice of that because I checked my diary properly for the following week um, as well as you know regularly sort of thing, um, and then on the morning or the night before I check it, and then you know during the day I look at it as well and, and as you say you sort of live by what's on there so to to know to hear and then to know that people don't do that it just seems strange but of course you know we are all different and some people don't like the structure of that and and you know live their lives completely differently it's just we can't cope with that can we <laughs> no I certainly could not but yet I work with I work with a woman who is very successful and she lives by a to-do list yeah. And so the like scheduling everything kind of, kind of freaks her out. And so she's like, I can't do that. It feels too stressful for me. Yeah. And so she has her running to do list and she goes through and her system is, you know, putting a star by the three things that are most important today. And she focuses on those things. And then, you know, she can knock out other small things as, as time permits. And so it definitely is a matter of finding what works for you and then sticking with it. Yeah, um, yeah I, I totally am with you that I've, I've got to have it scheduled. I've got to have it down. And that's that's how I'm going to that, that's what works for me. So I'm running with it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So much about that personal preference and, and, and working out what works for you and also being flexible and reviewing. So yeah. um, you know, I sort of get some of what she's saying as well, because I, I do schedule, you know, the, the big meetings and I schedule a, a power hour and I schedule an admin hour. But I don't like having things in my diaries. <laughs> so nothing else gets scheduled, you know, outside of that. And I run on, on a to-do list with that. Um, and I do review that process a lot because, you know, I don't know. I don't know. You sometimes I get a bit stale with things and I think, oh, that's not working. I need to do something different. And then it, it's different for the next six months or whatever. Um, but, um, it, yeah, it's so important that it's about individuals and what works for you and not just sort of copying what, what everyone else is saying so that's one of the reasons yeah. I do the podcast you know I love to get all different views and ideas and, and ways of doing things because I know that the listeners will identify with some of those things and not with others absolutely yeah that's I love that too just always learning from someone else and saying hey I'm going to try that yeah. but also that reevaluation to say yeah that was awesome that works for me or you know what that didn't work for me and that's okay throw it out and try something different Yes. Yeah. And what about other people helping you? You talked already about sort of in your home, getting people to, to do things. I was laughing. I was overhearing my husband telling somebody on one of his calls this morning that we have one of those um, robot ho hoovers because he had to change rooms because it was about to go off and he was about to do this call. And I was wondering what the people at the other end of the phone were thinking. And I'm thinking, you know, it's a brilliant thing because it just hoovers without us needing to. And then our cleaner doesn't have to hoover so she can do other things. And the process as we've developed it is brilliant. But I was thinking, yes. people at the other end are probably thinking, what? <laughs> <laughs> so that's what we do. We get a robot to help for some things. <laughs> I love it. What do you do in terms of getting other people to help you? Yeah, that's brilliant. And that, that's a perfect example of that's what works for you and finding something that, that really works. And so for me, uh, I'm a big advocate of delegating. Um, yeah. it's, it's hard, I think, sometimes to ask for help. But when we do, 
it is so much better. And so, you know, delegating our kids are such capable creatures. And I remember when they were, when they were little and they wanted to like, you know, get into the dishwasher and help do things. And it's like, Oh, don't drop that. Don't break that. But it was like, wait a minute, why would I stop this? <laughs> Allowing them to do things, you know, so when they're a little, like they want to get in and they want to try. Mm-hmm. So let them do that. Let them, you know, roll the towels and put them away and no, it might not be the way that I was going to do it. And it might not be perfect, but they got to do it and they felt responsible and it, it encouraged them that they could also help. And so I think that's a big one, asking our kids to chip in a little. And my kids know, like, I mean, even when they were little, there are seasons that I'm really busy and I'm like, hey, it's going to take all of us to run this household. And so I'm going to need you guys to step up a little more right now. And then there's times that I, I have more time to be at home and kind of do more of the things. Now, I still do give them chores, but that's just that's just how I parent, how we parent. <laughs> yeah. You know, so they're a big help. But I also I also think that it's important to find out where you really where you really need help. And for me, like once I started automating grocery delivery and grocery pickup, like I don't know that I'll ever spend a half an hour in a grocery store ever again because I can get on the app, I can order my normal things and pick them up and it takes minutes instead of an hour. And so thinking about the amount of time that I have, what can I automate or have someone else do for me? I think of the same thing with, with cleaning. I really like a clean house. I'm a little bit of a neat freak. I like when my son was, was born and was a baby, I was like still doing like every single room, every single day or every single week, you know, doing all of that. But as you get older and then, you know, two kids are in, it's like, I don't have time to keep this at the level I want anymore. So I hired someone to do that. And so, yeah, I was at a place that I could do that, but I also discovered that I could make more in those few hours that it took to clean, then it cost me to pay someone to do that. And so it's really about evaluating where are those points that those, you know, those points that are pain points for you, where do you need the help and ask for it? And for me, that was, that was really life-changing to say, Mm -hmm. yeah, why, why wouldn't I do this? And sometimes when we take that step and we try it, then we're like, oh my gosh, why didn't I do this? two years ago yeah all the time <laughs> yes and and we're made to help each other right like as as humans we're made to connect with others we're meant to to help others out and you know sometimes it's just a matter of like hey i need to get this room painted and i don't really have the time but guess what you mention it to a friend and they're like hey i'm coming over saturday and guess what in two hours we're done Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I had a thing this morning. One of my um, Power to Live More Calm members said, um, that thing you, you do about putting your soundbite from your podcast out on, on Instagram and, and wherever, uh, you know, an image with audio to it. How, how, how did you do it? And I said, oh, I did it on Canva. So she said, oh, can you tell me how you did it? And I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll record you a video. So I did a video and put it on the membership site so anyone can look at it. And then I thought, hang on a minute, why am I still doing this every week? I've got a VA. I've got a video showing how to do it and she has access to my Canva account. <laughs> Why am I still doing it? So yes. now, you know, got that to, to give to her to say, please, can you pick this up as part of your podcast processing each week as well? But it was funny that, you know, I've only just started doing it to be fair to myself, but, you know, it took the fact that I've created this for someone else to remind me that I have actually got someone else who can easily do this. 
you make such a great point because it does take sometimes we have to slow down enough in our business to look at our business and go okay what am I doing because I've always done it right like some things it's just like well when I started I couldn't afford to pay somebody to do all these extra things so I just did it but we have to like pause and evaluate and go okay what am I still doing that now I've got a great system. So yeah, I could make a video, train somebody else how to do it. And then I don't have to do it anymore. And that gives me the space to then level up in my business or do that project that I never quite get to. So it, it is, it's a constant process of evaluating and reevaluating where am I at and what do I need now? And, you know, there's, I think we're constantly shifting and pivoting if we allow ourselves the space to look at it and go, yeah, just like you said, like, why am I still doing this? <laughs> so, so now I'm on a mission to what videos can I create for my members to teach them something useful that I can also use to outsource. Lovely. So what about um, learning and improving yourself? I guess you, you probably have to do CPD as a, as a CPA or, and <laughs> lots of different letters coming up here. Um, but uh, you know, what do you do? How do you keep yourself, um, up with what's what's happening and, and keep developing and moving forwards you're right i do have uh, continuing education required for my cpa license so i'm always doing that i also uh, love just leadership seminars leadership webinars i think there's just so much valuable information out there and you know like we said you take pieces of it and it works for us and pieces of it don't but i love learning that and i love to read i mean really at the end of the day i just I love to read and just soak up, you know, anything, um, you know, John Maxwell, Michael Hyatt, just so much great information out there. And so that's, that's what I do to stay relevant, to stay up on kind of what's new and what's changing, but also like, that's kind of self-care for me. Like that's, that's relaxing. That's kind of my time that I can, that I can do, um, especially on, on the weekends where I, you know, can kind of sit back and, and not be in work mode but that fills me up and yet it also is is helping my business. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lovely. So what about um, ongoing sort of stuff? One of the things I talk about in, in my uh, sustained fundamental, fundamental is how important routines and, and rituals and habits are to keep things going. Um, I'm sure that must be something that you're, that you're doing from what you've told me so far. What sort of uh, routines and habits do you have? Yeah, very much. Um, I'm a huge advocate for the morning routine. Yep. And I have been doing mine for a, a really long time, but it's evolved over time. Again, it kind of goes with, you know, what's, what are the, what's the season that I'm in right now? What's the amount of time that I have or that I'm going to give myself in, in the mornings? And <clears throat> that's such a great way to start our day, not only because like that, that feeds me and fuels me to start my day, but I think it also really sets us up for success. Like, oh, I can't think of the, the individual now, but where he talks about just when you get up in the morning, make your bed. Because at the end of the day, if everything else went wrong, you get home and your bed is made and there's that win. And I think, I think of our morning routine or our morning rituals in that same way. For me, I like to get up early. I love the, the you know, quiet and coolness of the morning when everybody is still sleeping and, you know, getting up and getting a workout in, getting in shower and some devotional time and really good coffee. I'm a little bit of a coffee snob. So <laughs> having that like before anything else happens and being intentional about starting my day. 
so that my day doesn't start me. And I think that that's, I think that's important for everyone. And so whether you can do, you know, an hour of morning routine, if you can do two hours of morning routine, or if you can just do five minutes of something that you choose before the day hits you, I think that can be life-changing. Yes. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's funny, I talk a lot about the fact that I'm a night bird and I get up late in the morning. (laughs) But I don't do like the miracle morning, you know, everything done by five o'clock and all that sort of stuff. But, you know, I do have sort of rituals for the morning. But again, they're not like set in stone. They're not in a certain order or anything. But um, even just not starting working with clients till 11 gives Mm -hmm. me, you know, a period of time to uh, do things <laughs> but there's no yeah. structure to it so I always think I haven't really got a morning routine but I probably do really and I do make my bed so that's good <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and a morning routine can start at any time of the morning it doesn't have to start at five no exactly <laughs> and sometimes evening routines are just as important I mean it really your morning routine starts the night before by setting your alarm and making that pre decision that you're going to get up at this time because you need you know x amount of time to do that morning routine before your day starts so so an evening routine can be just as valuable yes yeah I had a a very short morning routine on Tuesday because my evening routine didn't work I was supposed to pick my husband up from the garage he was dropping a car off and uh, I hadn't got it actually got it in my diary which as you know means it wasn't going to happen so so I I checked my diary the night before saw that nothing was in the diary in the morning set my alarm for later in the morning um, and fully expecting to wake up before the alarm anyway and then when I woke up found about 10 messages from him asking me where I was Oh no! My morning routine of getting up and uh, dressed and ready and everything else took about five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Not everything can be planned, and that's okay. No, exactly. And he got a nice walk out of it for about forty minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a win-win, really. I think. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what I would say too, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. So, last couple of questions. What about those days where it goes horribly wrong? How do you deal with those days? You know what? On the horribly wrong days, sometimes good enough is just good enough, right? I mean, maybe dinner isn't perfect, but it's picked up from somewhere or it's something that was frozen that you throw in the oven. Like sometimes good enough for today is just good enough for today. It doesn't always have to be perfect because sometimes perfect can be our enemy anyway. So I think it's giving yourself a lot of grace and walking through and saying, okay, it wasn't great, but you know what? Tomorrow can be better and I can make one small change and tomorrow then is going to be awesome. So mm-hmm. definitely good enough is sometimes just good enough. I love that. I love that. One of my favorite phrases is done is better than perfect. Uh, it's something yes. that we apply Absolutely. to our weekly get it done sessions in my calm membership so that uh, people just do the things they need to do rather than uh, procrastinating, <laughs> waiting yeah. for them to be perfect. So uh, yes. Thank you. And what about those days where you get to live more? And that's where I say you get to do more of the things that you want to do and less of the stuff that you don't want to do. What what do those days look like for you? Yeah, for me, that's definitely showing up as my best self at work and working with clients that I love all day long and showing up as my best self at home and spending time with my family and really, you know, planting where I'm at and like I think I said earlier, being present where my feet are. And that's that's living more for me because at the end of the day, I want to spend it with who is most important to me. And when I can do that, 
that's my best self. Lovely. Thank you. Thank you, Susan. It's been great talking to you today. Tell people how they can find out more about you and get in touch. Check out my website. It is estutzelcoaching.com. I am out there as well as on LinkedIn, Estutzel Coaching, or you can find me at Susan Stutzel as well. Love to connect with, with like-minded people and um, would just love to also hear your stories and what productivity tips you guys are using because that is might be the next thing that I try and, and talk about to everyone else. Lovely. Thanks, Susan. Thanks for your time. Thank you so much. Stop feeling stuck and overwhelmed. Join Power to Live More Calm membership today and make an investment in your future. The Power to Live More Calm membership is designed for coaches and consultants struggling with the pressures of running a home-based business. You get access to our supportive community, including weekly Zoom calls, accountability, learning materials teaching you online marketing, audience building, income generation, and all sorts of other things you need to run your home-based business with ease along with materials like templates, checklists and planners to keep you motivated, organised and productive. To learn more about the Power to Live More Calm membership programme and apply, visit powertolivemore.com slash getcalm. All this information is available in the show notes, which you can find if you go to the app that you're listening to this on or on the website at powertolivemore.com forward slash, in this case, 226. This week, I want to talk to you about building confidence in business. Do you sometimes feel like you just don't have the bold confidence necessary to succeed in your business or maybe you need a boost in your business confidence or maybe you're just getting started and need some extra confidence to take that first step. So I've got some tips here for you. Firstly get educated. One of the most important confidence builders is knowing that you know that you know. (laughs) So you know you might have lots of great business ideas and a a great vision of what you want to be doing. if you educate yourself to, to learn the things that you need to learn to be able to get your business up and running and running effectively, then, you know, that really does help to give you that confidence. You can do various things like um, read books, listen to podcasts, look on YouTube, um, hire a business coach. You could join my membership. <laughs> um, there's, you know, so many ways that you can that you can learn. Secondly, it's about getting focused, and that's focused in terms of what you're delivering and who you're delivering it to, but also in terms of creating or carving out that time to really focus on the things that you need to be doing. It's really easy to procrastinate on things and do all sorts of things that aren't really that important when actually you need to be working out what those most important things are and and creating that opportunity to focus on those things. Thirdly, don't compare yourself to others. There's that whole thing about uh, imposter syndrome, worrying that uh, we're not good enough when you look around at what everyone else is doing. And the thing to remember is you you are unique. Nobody can offer what you're offering in the way that you offer it. And actually comparing yourself to other people when they're different people to you, obviously, uh, is just really not helpful. So don't compare yourself to others. Really focus on being the best you can be yourself. And then lastly, believe in your success. People talk about positive thinking all the time. We've talked um, on the podcast before about visualising your goals um, and really thinking about where you want to be in the future and really sort of trying to see that in in real life, if you like, to help you to move towards it. Uh, Even if you don't really get into that visualisation thing, you can really make big strides in your business from believing in your business and believing in your competence and believing that you are going to get where you want to go. And, you know, that all of that tied together really can help you 
uh, to improve your confidence in your business and in turn help you to be successful. And it's a bit of a sort of virtuous circle that the more confident you get, the better you deliver your service, the um, more convincing you are, if you like, to your potential customers, the more successful your business therefore is, and then the more confident you get. So do think about those four things. So thinking about getting educated, getting focused, not comparing yourself to others and believing in yourself. Again, the show notes of this week's show are at powertolivemore.com forward slash 226. And we look forward to speaking to you next week. Use your power to live more.